uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. So very glad you are joining me. How you doing on this Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. birthday? A national holiday. Uh, although a lot of people don't even know why. King, yeah. And of course, you got black Republicans out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, wait, let me rephrase. You got Republicans who are trying to appease black people uh, by acknowledging Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and black people aren't having it. They're just like, oh, please shut the hell up. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you today. The, the thing that's, I got two things that burning in my mind. Uh, epigenetics, that's the first one. Yes, <laughs> it's very intricate. We touched on it last week, and I want to talk about it again because the story is getting more traction, and it's possibly the most important story in the last hundred years. Uh, and because there's so much noise, you know, we can't get to it. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I want to talk about that. But I also want to talk about a national survey that I heard on NPR News, international uh, survey that I heard on NPR News this morning, uh, which really depressed me. Uh, <laughs> which, <laughs> when you hear the story, you'll say, well, that probably wasn't the intent. Uh, but they did an international survey of over 100,000 people. Okay, that's a lot. That's a big, that's a big sampling. And it was a simple question, okay? Simple question. Do you think the future is going, you know, holds any promise for you? That the future, you know, whether it's next week, next month, next year, do you think the future holds any promise for you? You know, do you have hope about the future? 60%. What do you say, by the way? What do you say? Do you have hope? If I were to walk up to you on the street, Chucky on the street, and walk up to you and say, are you optimistic about the future? Do you feel that? But more importantly, it was about them in the future, about good things happening for them. Do you feel that in the future, good things are going to happen for you? Now, if you were asked that, it's an honest question. If you were asked that, do you feel that in the future, good things are going to happen to you? How would you respond? Well, 60% of these 100,000, that's 60,000 people said no. No. The future is not going to be a good place for me. 60%. Okay? Two out of five said, yeah, I think the future is going to have good stuff for me. I think I'm going to be good in the future. Three out of five said, uh-uh. Now that, that really depressed me. That, that made me like crazy because I thought, you know, you can't have a, a population of the world, you know, that doesn't believe in a brand new day, that doesn't believe that the future can be better because with humans, okay, with humans, I'm not talking about other animals because even though we now know they are all sentient, there is so much research. I heard that on NPR this morning again, how we have all this research now that shows that animals have feelings, they have thoughts, they have emotions, they form family bonds. I mean, even insects, like everything, everything that is alive 
is basically sentient, has a, is self-aware. We just, the way that we were measuring it before was not the way that we should be. But now that we have different ways of measuring self-awareness and such and emotions and all of that, every living creature has it. But we don't want to hear that story on NPR because then we would realize that the pigs were eating and the cows were eating and the chickens that were eating are terrified and that they know they're being ripped from their families. And we just, we don't want to think that. Well, they are, they do, it is. So two out of five think the future is great that the future is going to hold good things for them. Three out of five or 60% say no. No, it's not. And I started thinking about that because with humans, you have to believe. There's all these songs you'll do believe. You, you have to believe. If you do not believe in something, it will not happen. It just won't. And I'm, I, you know, I am the prime example of this. I believed we had a spot at KFI. I believed I belong at, belonged at KGO. I current be, currently believe that my entertainment career is not over and that I will find a place again doing fun things that I love. I believe that. Do I believe the future holds good things for me? I do. I'm one of the two out of five. Why do I believe that? Because I realize that if I'm alive, if I'm with Ember, if I'm just whatever, that I'm grateful. See, maybe these people aren't looking at the right things. And that's really what I wanted to talk about today. We're not grateful for the good stuff anymore. We look to the future and say, oh, is it going to be a great place for me? Look, the future is going to be hell. The climate is going to keep messing with us because we're not doing what we need to as a culture. Okay, so the future is not going to be some bright, you know, rosy place. It's going to be hard. But when wasn't it? Tell me a time in human history where the future looked rosy. Because whoever believed that wasn't paying attention. It's hard on planet Earth for everybody and everything. Survival is hard and it always has been. And we humans, we have always been plagued by all kinds of things. You know, by plagues, by wars. But none of this is new. It's just broadcast to the masses. Programming note for those of you watching the video. Yeah, my face is messed up. My face is messed up. Why? I went to the dermatologist today. Uh, and on this side right here, I'm sure you're seeing that spot. See? Yeah. Looks like I got burned in a large area on the side of my face. Because I did with liquid nitrogen. Uh, I had a large pre-cancer. If you go back on Friday's show, and thank you, listener, who said on my video, hey, Corel, that spot on your face is getting darker. Because I didn't really, and you know, and it, and I, so I went to the derma, I had an appointment at the dermatologist to discuss the cyst on my toe, the digital mucosal cyst, which she cut off again. And I said, hey, a listener said this thing's getting darker. And she looked at it and says, oh, it's turned into a precancer. We got to take that off. So thank you, uh, listener. Then she looked at my nose, okay? And she goes, oh, I can get rid of these things here. And she pointed them out. She goes, but I can't use anesthetic on the nose in that area. So we use the electric cauterizer, the thing, but it's going to hurt. But let's do it, okay? And I'm like, okay. So she burned the hell out of my nose in several places with an electrical device. 
she froze the side of my cheek and my uh, right toe on the second toe over on my right foot, which has this horrible thing called a digital mucosal cyst, which is a cyst that forms inside of arthritic joints because arthritic joints have spurs in them. And when they move this joint, it causes fluid, and that fluid pushes up into a cyst. 90% when they remove them surgically do not come back. Mine did. She removed it again. Ooh, and child, I won't go into how. It was gross. It was so gross that the lady watching, the assistant, had to turn her head. Because <laughs> after she scooped the cyst off of my toe with a razor blade that was curved, and she just scooped the whole thing off, didn't even break it. it the fluid was in it and everything. She then took this round metal piece of whatever. Don't be squeamish now. Uh, she took a round little loop tool and she literally scraped inside the raw meat where she had just scooped that cyst out to get the, the whatever to get. She got some. Uh, and then she took the electrical thing and all over the top of my toe knuckle like this, this big. It smelled of burning flesh. It woke Ember up. She didn't like it. Ember, Ember was just sleeping. Amber was congratulated today. The doctor actually brought other doctors into the room, not just to see her adorable pink puffy coat, but to say, this is how a real service animal behaves. She brought aides. She brought her assistants and other doctor's assistants. And I asked her, I said, now Amber's been here, you know, 20 times. Why today? And she said, we've been having trouble with people bringing, quote, service animals. Uh, and they're, you know, they're, they're not well behaved. Uh, and I said, oh, I said, I'm, uh, you know, and she was, I just wanted everyone to see what a real service animal behaves like because Ember is a real one uh, and, you know, trained, medically trained service animal. And um, I was so proud. I was such a proud papa because, uh, you know, when I'm at the dermatologist, she just sleeps on my lap or sleeps on the bed. She loves the paper that they put over the beds. She loves to do stuff to it and then lay down. Uh, and they all love her. Half the time I have to get the doctor's attention because they're paying attention to my dog. So my foot had a cyst removed, uh, which now antibiotics and everything for three weeks. Uh, Vaseline. Vaseline could save the world, by the way. They, they, everything. Put Vaseline on it. Well, what are you doing? Put Vaseline on it. <laughs> it's like anything goes wrong with your body. Put Vaseline on it. <laughs> I have cancer. Put Vaseline on it. Uh, I have severed a limb. Put Vaseline on it. Uh, truly, it's a, it's a wonder. So I have to put Vaseline on my nose where she burned, Vaseline here once it, uh, two days from now once it does its thing, and Vaseline on my foot. Uh, where I, so I'm a mess. <laughs> but I'm a, see, and this goes back to what I was saying. But I'm a grateful mess that I had access. That, you know, that as I, I go to the dermatologist twice a year or more, sometimes three, four times a year. And when they find something, they take it off immediately. If I am to encounter cancer again, I had squamous cell carcinoma. If I am to encounter it again, I won't die from it because we're keeping on top of it. Blessed. Blessed. And that's why when I heard this story this morning, I thought people don't realize how blessed they are. And you know what? I'm Debbie Downer a lot here on the show. And I got to tell you, sometimes I don't realize how blessed I am. Now, I don't believe blessed in the almighty father. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't mean blessed that way. Although I do thank the universe quite a bit. I do. I thank the universe quite a bit. I don't thank Jesus. But if he wants to take the name of the universe, then okay, I do thank him. 
I'm every morning and night when I play with Ember, I say thank you for her health. The fact that she wanted to play in the park, that she got a ball and played ball, that she I'm, I literally say out loud, thank you. Every morning when I sit down to my bowl of fruit, which is another topic, I asked someone the other day, when's the last bowl of fruit you had? They don't remember. They did not remember. Like, oh, I don't know. How about y'all? When's the last bowl of fruit you had? You know, mixed fruit. When, when's the last one? I eat one every morning <laughs> with like four different kinds of fruit. When's the last time you had a bowl of fruit? That's what's wrong with America. Anyway, as I'm sitting at breakfast every morning with my beautiful tea set, either Wedgwood or Lennox or my tea for ones that I got off Etsy, which are vegan, uh, not bone china. You know, as I sit there with my tea from Harney and Sons and my, now it's just tea. It's like I'm having tea that's $10,000 an ounce. Okay, it's 25 bucks a pound, you know, and a pound of tea is a lot of tea. And so, you know, I, what I'm saying is I'm grateful for it because I know one day if I'm in a nursing home, I won't have a breakfast like that. I know one day if finances change, I won't have a breakfast like that. So I am grateful now for my tea set, for Ember sitting next to me. And I mean truly grateful people. You know, I used to begrudge myself coming up in here to set up for the show because I do it all myself. And I'm not used to that. I'm, you know, I'm used to a, a producers and walking in and, you know, I'm used to being a freaking star. I am. Sorry, I am. But now I do it all myself. And I used to, oh, I got to go set up all the equipment. And now I'm like, look at all this fabulous equipment that I have. Two 35 millimeter cameras, a ring light, a fill light. I have four more lights up in here. I have three more cameras I could use. An iPad, an iPhone, and a GoPro. I could do a five-camera setup in here. I got this 70-inch beast of a monitor back here to where I don't need a green screen every day. How blessed. So I can't complain about setting it up to do the show because I'm so blessed that I have it all to do the show. This looks and is, in all effects, a recording studio, a TV studio. If two out of five people don't think the future holds anything bright for them, if two out of five humans, if 40% of humans think we're done, we're done. And all they and you have to do to change that. Because look, I know life sucks. And look, my future, do I, what do I have? I'm aging. I'm 60. What do I have to look forward to? You know, aging and alone. So there's a side of me that could very easily go down that rabbit hole every day. But why? I have a condo. I have a niece and nephew. I have friends like Steve and Daniel. You know, I have, and Mark Keene and so many others. I mean, Bridget and, you know, Irma and in Long Beach, all of my friends that are still there. And David Etheridge in Florida and Toby, his husband. I have, so, I have friends. You know, so I'm grateful I'm grateful when I can do yoga I'm, because one day when I have open heart surgery, and I will one day, I know that's in my future, to fix my aorta, and I'm grateful about that, but one day when that happens, I won't be able to do yoga for months probably, although Penn and Teller just took back to the stage here in Las Vegas, and Teller's been out three and a half months. Why? Quadruple bypass open heart surgery. And now he is back on stage doing a show four months later. So I'll use that as inspiration. You see? We have to believe. They have taken up the belief from us. 
That's the worst thing that Donald Trump and the GOP and MAGA has done. They have taken our belief that we can do better, that we can make a better country, that we can be a better people, that you and I can have better lives than we have now, because that was, humans have to believe that. Now, most of you just want a life where you stay the same. You're like, I just, I need to see to stay here. I can't fall backwards. And fear, fear is what causes 60% of people to believe that the future does not hold something good for them. And what is that fear? The fear that bad is winning. Bad always is in the world and bad always wins. It does, but so does good. The notion that we have to live in a world where bad doesn't exist or bad doesn't win sometimes, bad's always going to win sometimes, always. You're never going to have a charmed life. Nobody that you think has a charmed life has a charmed life. Lisa Marie Presley, daughter of the king, Elvis. You would have thought she had a great charmed life. Oh, it was horrible. And then she dies at 54 of a heart attack. Yes, I know another American Idol contestant today died of a heart attack at 34 years old. I know the anti-vaxxers are like, oh my God, look, all these young people dying of heart attacks. It's the COVID vaccine. It's not. <laughs> So if we don't believe there's a better future, there won't be a better future. That's pretty simple, right? There just there won't be a better future. I'm gonna do an Elvis. Hey baby. Hey baby. I'm gonna do an Elvis because the iPad doesn't do what I want it to do often. Uh, but anyway, so I have to touch it sometimes. So yeah, so you know, 60% of us need to cheer up. And it's hard. It's hard for me. And one of the things I have found, one of the secret weapons, is gratitude. Daily gratitude. Thank you. And you, you're thankful for the little stuff. But then it makes you seem hopeful. Like, if I can have a future with water, for access to fresh water, fruits and vegetables, I don't take those for granted. A, they need water to grow. B, trans I mean, it takes a lot to get fruits and vegetables to your house. And the way the price of food is going up, you know, someday fruits and vegetables may be just for the rich again. So I, I just, as long as I have a future where I can eat healthy, eat clean, exercise, have a dog, that includes afford a vet for the dog, that sort of thing, then my life is going okay. I'll find ways to be creative. I'll always find shows to do. All of that will work itself out. But I'll need clean air, clean water, Food, but you know, the things we don't worry about, the, the, the stuff that we just don't worry about. Now, the other thing I want to talk about, and it relates directly, is this epigenetics, ep epigenetics that's uh, in all of the story is out there in the science uh, newspapers and the science part of the newspaper, which nobody reads. Uh, but it's the most important story in the last hundred years. Now, I tried to go over this at, at, in a layman's terms with you last week, and I'll do it again for those that didn't hear it. Scientists now, after 13 years, this is a 13-year project, okay? So after 13 years, they have discovered that aging, okay, aging isn't really about cells breaking down. We think we age because we ultimately break down. Our bodies can't keep making new, fresh, young cells, and we die. Cellular death. What we found out now is, okay, there's cells, and then there's another layer on top, the epi, the outer, epi, epidermis, epi, the outer layer of the cell. 
And the outer layer of the cell is really the important layer because that's the layer your body says, hey, you're a brain cell, so go off and be a brain cell. Hey, you're a heart cell, you're a kidney cell, you're a bone cell. So all your cells start out one way and then the, the instructions, the data that they are given in the epigenetic upper level that data tells them what kind of cell to be. And then they go off and be that cell. Well, as we age, that data gets corrupted. So the, the thing telling your cell what kind of cell it is gets old. <laughs> and subsequently, the cells don't make new heart cells, new brain cells, new this cells, or if they do, they're kind of worn out. And thus, you age. Well, what we have found is that we can reboot that system. We can reboot the epigenetic portion of the cell. And when we do, when we reboot it, guess what? It de-ages, literally de-ages, moves back the biological clock. Now, let me tell you how this is working. They're already doing it in mice. And it's been successful. They have aged mice and de-aged mice. They've already done it. Now they're doing it to apes, old apes, okay? Like humans, old apes get vision problems. And what they're doing, they can, with this reboot of the cell, they can say, they can actually tailor which cells to reboot, okay? So I know, keep up, I know this is a lot. So now they are, they're using uh, eyes, eye cells in apes, and they are rebooting those. And guess what's happening? The apes who were nearly blind or had bad vision, their vision and their genetic problems in their eyes are clearing up because their eyes are de-aging. The applications of this in humans is staggering. Of course, for skin and skin care, you know, DH, the dermis, you know, all of that. But organs, cancers, cardiovascular disease, they could literally reprogram cells to reboot the heart cells. This isn't science fiction. This is happening. It's been 13 years in the making. And if it continues to be successful within the next 20 years or less in my lifetime, there will be treatments where you go in and you present with a condition and they literally de-age that system and fix you. Now, here's the, the moral question. When they can de-age you, they say they'll be able to gauge it. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. What if we reach a time in the near future, within the next 50 years, where when you reach 70 years old, you can de-age to 40 again. And then you reach 70, and then you de-age to 40 again. And now you've lived to be 130, but you're only 40 years. Can we support that? The answer is no. We would, and the rich would be the only ones to do it, and we know that. So this technology is great, but it carries with it that whole how long can humans live on planet Earth? 
Planet Earth can't support 8 billion plus people to live 200 years. It can't. So there will be moral questions there. But in the meantime, the health ramifications, Alzheimer's, de-age the brain. This is happening. This is not me talking about some weird story. No, this is in the journal Cell, which is a peer-reviewed journal. They have presented the data. That means it's happening. It's done. They have successfully de-aged the mice. They are moving on to apes. And within seven to 10 years, expect to be trialing it out on people. That is the most important story you should be watching. That is a story that is going to change your life. That is a reason to think that good things might happen to you in the future. Let me tell you, if we could de-age parts of me, oh, my back, let's start there. You know, I mean, that's exciting. Humans can do exciting things. That's why when you start feeling down, start feeling grateful again. You know, regroup, be grateful. All right, we only have a few minutes left. It's a stormy day here in Las Vegas. It's stormy in the West. I worry. You know, I worry. I worry about the weather, meaning it's going to dry up again. It's a 125-year drought. We need so much more. And is nature going to do it? I don't know. I heard on NPR, uh, or no, it was BBC World News, about the way to uh, get out of the droughts, the way to ensure we have fresh water in the future is uh, to capture ocean vapors. This is the most efficient way of getting water from the ocean. It's even more efficient than desalinization. They build these large containment areas over the sea. Uh, and as the, as the, because that's where we get rain, remember. The sea evaporates, the water goes up. So they're like, we need to cut out all the middlemen. We just collect the vapor, period, end of story. And oceanic vapor collection, according to all the scientists, is the way the world is going to get water. We're not building that right now, but we should be. So I worry, I worry, I didn't see, that's just it. All we do now is worry. We live in this psychotic, schizophrenic world, okay? And that world has got us, turned us all into pessimists. And I don't think that's healthy. You know, I know that we can't every day be Judy Garland and forget your troubles, come on, get happy. I know, you know, I know that that can't be us every day. But every day you can be grateful at the end of the day that you made it to the end of the day. Your loved ones made it to the end of the day. You have food, you have lodging, you have, uh, you know, power, you have resources, you have life. You know, you're able to think. You're still able to write. You're still able to type. Uh, you know, I see people every day. They can't type. They can't write. They're older. Their joints are. And I just think to myself, oh, God, I'm so grateful I can still do all that. Be grateful more. Be fearful less. I am going to try on the show to be grateful more and be fearful less. That's a lesson for Canada, for Ireland, for the United States, for Mexico, for India. Uh, where did I just see a new download of my uh, Corelcast app, which is free, of course? Uh, oh, uh, uh, the Middle East, Pakistan. Someone downloaded the Corelcast app in Pakistan. God bless you. Bless you. I am Corel. You be who you want to be. It's long doesn't hurt anybody. Wherever in the world you are, be sure you leave your comments below. Feel free to email me. It's askme, askme 
at reallycorel.com. And don't forget, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we're going to do a Zoom call this coming weekend. I'll send you the link uh, so we can all chat. I enjoy doing that. So we're going to do it again, probably Saturday morning at 11 or 10, 10 or 11, a Zoom call uh, for Patreon subscribers. If you want to become one, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash really Carell. Just like YouTube, if you'd love to subscribe to these videos, I'd love it if you did. And that's youtube.com forward slash really Carell. And Instagram, the same address. Everything is really Carell. All right. I'll be back on Wednesday. You know, I didn't address Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday today that much because I would just like to say that in America, race relations have now devolved into the ideology of the race. MAGA and Republicans are on a quest for power. So much so that they'll welcome Hispanics or blacks or anyone that wants to vote for them. They will not do anything for them, but they'll welcome them. Make your device a whole lot smarter. Get the Corel Cast app free at the app store of your choice now.